welcome back to Extra Ginger, the very best podcast on earth. I'm your host, Annie. It's been a minute, but we've heard the spiel, you know, things get busy, etc. I know it's probably been the longest time between episodes. I haven't fact-checked this, not gonna lie. Um, But we can be clear on this. The creative well here is bottomless, and the one and only reason new episodes aren't released more often is because life is busy, period. Um, She's got ideas up the arse, um, but as we know, good things take time, period. So uh, today we're just going to get straight into it, hence the morning intro theme song. It's so jazzy and wonderful and uplifting. Um, yeah, to just ease us right into another story told in three parts, um, because I'm really loving the structure from the last one. So tapping into that momentum again, we have our opening act, um, which is a maybe overused, um, but not to be underestimated truth, which is that love conquers all. Um... And if you don't believe that, I'm so sorry, but you've just never been in love, (laughs) period. Um, I just think it's so true. And while it sounds very cheesy, really think about it. Isn't love the only thing in your life that has beat every opponent in its way? Like there's no other philosophy, concept, emotion, material item, there's nothing. There's literally nothing in your life that has conquered and bested and won over and overpowered and simply crushed anything that comes in its way. Only love can do that. (laughs) And I don't think it needs to be explained much further than that, to be honest. The only thing is that love is so complex and layered and complicated that I think it comes in many forms. Um, So, you know, partnership, friendship, admiration, idolization, like all of these different forms are still under the umbrella of love. I think in acknowledging that love is so complex, moves us into our second act, which is what I think is the biggest contributing factor to love, which is compatibility. I think there's this misconception around compatibility in thinking that you have to be aligned with a person in all ways, or at the very least, in all positive ways. And I was doing a puzzle recently, which was very fulfilling um, for the act itself, you know, the feeling of putting like two pieces that fit together, um, especially in a really big puzzle like this. It was like a thousand pieces. Um, And it's been so long since I've done a puzzle, probably like 10 years. But it was incredibly satisfying to slowly build out this scene. And I started grouping some of the pieces by color um, so that I could like more easily see what could possibly fit together and what wouldn't. Um, And I think puzzles are actually a great um, analogy, I guess, 
for compatibility. Because I think sometimes there can be a fixation on finding the piece that fits you perfectly, which first off assumes that your other perfect piece is accessible. Um, We don't come in groups of a thousand. Like literally people are born every single second of every day. (laughs) So you don't come in a box with pieces that like come from the same picture as you, you know? Um, So I think that's totally inaccurate. I think it's more like if you took all the puzzle pieces ever, then you can see how mm, disappointing it would be to expect to find the one piece that fits you perfectly. But instead, I think compatibility is like finding pieces that maybe match your color palette or complement your color palette. Or maybe you have the same weird angles in the lower right corner. And puzzle pieces can rotate. So if you don't fit in one way, you could just rotate yourself and see if you fit in different corners or in a different way. And I think that's really cool. Um, And I think it also mirrors how sometimes it can be very obvious when you don't fit with someone. Um, And that's okay. You know, you guys don't have to be from the same puzzle um, or have the same shape or color palette or whatever. And I think it also speaks to like the longevity of relationships because I think if two pieces fit well together over time, the differences or the places where they don't fit as well might become more obvious. But also the places that they do fit well become more valued because it's more apparent that there are so many different puzzle pieces and the fact that you even have, you know, one thing in common or like one side of you fits is a miracle in its own. <laughs> um, and I also think it perfectly, sorry, I'm like crying because I'm thinking about like all these great couples that I know. I think it also perfectly mirrors true great love. Um, and if you're new here, welcome. My name is Annie and I'm a romantic. (laughs) Um, if you're, you know, returning here, welcome back again. Excuse me a moment for being sappy, but when you see or know two people that fit perfectly together, you know that is magic incarnate on earth in our lifetime, period. Like... Imagine the luck. Like I don't I don't even have another factor that could contribute as much as luck. Like you really genuinely just have to be so lucky to find your perfect 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 match from the same box, from the same color palette. You guys are literally two pieces that were meant to be together and you're actually together, like, come on. (laughs) Um, And I think it's just really magical, you know? I know people like that, and I uh, idolize 
people that I think are like that <laughs> based on um, circumstantial evidence. Not to say that it's, you know, easy peasy, like a draft blows in and you happen to windmill across to your perfect piece. I think it takes a lot of, again, luck and obviously work as well. Um, but I think that's what makes it really special. And I think having these different tiers or versions of how compatible you are with someone and how much that actually matters and how that can change over time um, is cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that leads us into our third act, which is about how to measure compatibility, um, which I think is also the underlying reason of why capital T, capital L, true love is so rare. Um, I think to even measure compatibility, to even recognize that another person has the same funky angle as you or you're from the same color palette or um, that you fit well or even perfectly together, to even recognize any of that means you have to know what kind of puzzle piece you are so you have to have a mirror um and you have to be willing to bring this version of you to other people which i think means accepting the person that you are today and not the person that you want to become um, and I think there is, you know, something to be said about faking it until you make it. Like, yeah, so what, you don't feel confident today? Fake it? Yeah, sure, that's, like, kind of completely different. <laughs> but I mean, like, fundamental qualities that you have um, and that you exhibit based on your behavior. I think being honest and intimate about these qualities about yourself is the only way that you can connect with other people because I don't see how I don't see how you could even begin to see or understand what color palette or what angles or what shapes are if you don't even know what kind of puzzle piece you are right? Like, that's very difficult for me to imagine. Um, and caveat, like, I saw something, not so recently, but I saw something about, like, how people will see things or interpret things differently in their head, and it was a scale of, like, one to five. Um, one being, like, an empty blank white canvas, um, two being, like, a faded-in kind of fuzzy picture, and then five being, like, a totally crisp, clear color graphic. Um, of like, for example, an apple. And so I'm definitely a five. Um, yeah, when I visualize connection, I don't see how that is possible without a mirror. And I think it's not so easy always um, to understand and know yourself and then also accept yourself, right? Um, but it's essential to I don't know. I, I, I'm like tearing up because I'm thinking of like all these people I know that really understand people and what it means to me, um, especially being in the field that I am in. Um, 
And I think the kind of dangerous or um, tricky thing about this is that when you make conclusions about yourself or when you think a certain way about yourself, you can never be wrong, actually, right? Because like the only person who's you is you. And so whatever you think about yourself is automatically true. But you can be delusional. You can never be wrong, but you can be delusional. So a great example is when someone thinks that they are in the right when they're actually in the wrong, right? Very simple, very general. So if they think they're right, that's true, dot, 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 in their world, comma, to them, period. Like, yeah, okay, I am right, but I'm the one judging that. If I asked someone else, they might have a different opinion, and that's called a mirror. <laughs> and that's what I love about great friendships, is that um, Tracy Ellis Ross said it best. Um, she was talking about how one of like the essential core parts of life is to have friends that mirror who you are back to you. Especially in moments of self-doubt, when you feel lost, when you don't know what to do, because they're not really, you know, doing anything difficult. All these people are doing are holding up a mirror for you to see yourself. They are only reflecting back your own image of you. And I think that's what's so special about your people, capital Y, capital P, because it doesn't come from nowhere. It's not like they're creating this persona of you that doesn't exist because these are your people, they know who you are. All they're doing is showing you because you forgot. And that's like, oh my God, I can't, I can't. <laughs> like, it's just so great to have. Um, and it's so important. And I think it takes real honesty because they can only reflect to you what you allow them to see. And my best friend Karin sent me this video of like this girl talking about how she realized that when she wasn't sharing her struggles or you know her problems with her friends she wasn't allowing them to love her because you know she was like oh I don't want to bother them you know if they're busy or you know I like don't want to be a burden like they probably don't care like it's not a big deal I'll just deal with myself but when you do that you don't allow your people to love you um, and that can be really frustrating as a friend. Um, and there was another great quote like um, from this classical author. Actually, let me find it because it's important. Um, let me see. Um, okay, I can't find it. Um, but basically it was this quote from this classical author. Um, uh, now I hesitate to even say that. Anyway, it was a quote from an author. I'm 90% sure. <laughs> um, the reason I lean towards classical is because I know it wasn't written casually. I feel like it was written very formally and kind of poetically. Um, so yeah, this guy was saying, if my friend had a party, I wouldn't be upset he didn't invite me. Like, whatever, go do you. I'm glad you're having a great time. But if he was afflicted with any type of emotion, grief, sadness, anger, etc., and did not come to my doorstep to share, unimaginable hurt and it's so like 
I think it speaks to the core of humanity. <laughs> like, not to be dramatic, but fully to be dramatic. And it's just so beautiful that, like, you know, even when you're sharing your problems or venting or whatever to your friends, they're not really creating anything but a space for you to let this out, a mirror for you to see what's going on and maybe do something about it or maybe just keep venting. So um, people that love you can be mirrors. Let them do that for you. Um, take a good long hard look for yourself every once in a while. Reassess, reevaluate, um, and yeah, keep at it. So I think it's high time for closing ceremonies, um, which is also getting our restructuring. I don't like wrap it up. I think it's useless <laughs> now. Um, so we'll still do two phases for our closing ceremonies. Um, the first one is our palette cleanser. Um, colon magic is real. Um, to make up for um, all of the episodes that I haven't done this, <laughs> because I think it's important to recognize when magic is real, um, I have a semi-long list. I recently finished the book Good Omens, highly recommend. It was co-written by um, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, and one of the most endearing things I've ever heard is that while they were going through edits together in person, in the age of floppy disks, mind you, um, when they were going through edits at one of their houses, um, Neil had said to Terry, you know, congratulations on this line. I really loved it. And Terry looks at the manuscript and he goes, I did not write that. But Neil was also sure that he did not write that line. And so both men had claimed that at a certain point when they were co-writing, the book just started to have a life of its own. Um, and I got chills saying that. <laughs> um, because I think that partnership, sorry, um, rest in peace, Terry Pratchett, but like that partnership is so, so special and you can feel it reading the book or I felt it reading the book, um, that it's really, I had doubts, you know, I'm not going to lie. I had doubts. Um, I thought there's no way these two men can seamlessly write a book. Clearly it'll be, you know, a guy per chapter or something like that. I don't know. Maybe, um, Terry takes certain characters and Neil takes the others, but no, it is seamlessly written seamless it's it's almost like this book was written already and these guys just translated it genuinely that's what it feels like to me um and I think that is so incredibly special and real life proof that magic is real other examples are Grace and Frankie no explanation needed just watch the show they are true love capital T capital L um Rick Riordan and his wife, as you can tell, I've been reading a lot, <laughs> um, but he has a post on his wife, Becky. It's making me cry just like thinking about it. Um, I'll link it in the description, but it's a beautiful post about him and his longtime wife, Becky, um, and their journey together as humans. Um, and my favorite author of all time, Maggie Stiefvater. Um, she writes love like no one else. Um, and I've always believed that the people that write love really well have really great love in their life. And that's the only reason that they can, you know, pull from that. 
And Maggie's love is really special to me. The way she talks about her partner is, I don't know, really special. Um, So yeah, moving into phase two of closing ceremonies, um, which is that people are magic. Um, So not only is magic real, but people can also be magic. Um, And especially with interactions and connections. Um, And the purpose of this, I guess, is to showcase more casual or kind of everyday exhibits of real people magic. (laughs) Um, So the other day I was in Target, or the other month by now actually, um, I was in Target and there was this um, dad and his daughter who was like maybe seven or eight, and she picked up this trophy. We were in like the gift slash cards aisle section. And she picked up this trophy. It was huge. And she just looks at her dad and she goes, imagine. (laughs) That's all she said. She goes, imagine. And her dad looks at her, maybe a full two seconds of silence. Like I kind of had to like, you know, I was like, oh, what's he going to say? And he he just goes, she would kill us. (laughs) And it made me like, it was so funny because it was such like a sitcom moment to me that all all she had to say was imagine and his response she would kill us what does his daughter say back i know that's why we should do it (laughs) like i don't know why that fully sent me but it was just so magical to me to see an interaction like that it was just so seamless and wonderful and it uh, it was beautiful um another example is that i was fully seen and put on blast fully um, by this very um, incredible angel that I was sent. I have like no words for what happened um, on this day in this Viet restaurant. Um, This lady just fully read me like a book and I cried and she held my hand and it was just really it changed my life (laughs) it really did change my life um so yeah two very um substantive substantiative substantiative substantial two very substantial um exhibits of how people can also be magic um which is also real So that brings us to the end of this episode, which will most realistically um, be the last episode of 2023. It's been such a time. Thank you as always for listening. Um, It's been a full moment and cheers and looking forward to more to come. Happy holidays, happy new year, and I'll see you soon.